Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 8. And it says, relax upward toward the spiritual eye in the forehead. Don't try to force your concentration to that point. Think of it rather as your natural center of being. Wow, that's a lovely thing to think about. Now what's inherent in this is some, you have to have some understanding of the subtle spiritual centers in the spine, which are the chakras. Many of you listening to this are, are probably familiar with with this to some extent, but there's a few sort of nuances of the way Master and Swamiji talk about these things that I think is helpful. So he says, relax upward toward the spiritual eye. The spiritual eye is the point between the eyebrows, the where the prefrontal lobe of the brain is. When we're trying to, to, to locate the chakras in the physical body or use the physical body as the reference point, we, we point, point to the point between the eyebrows right in the center of the forehead. And we call that the spiritual eye. Now, physically, to be able to think about this, the, the chakras are the um, energy pattern. Uh, they're the energy. They're in the energy body, and that's the body that, when the physical body dies, then we go up into the astral world, and we live in an energy body at that point. These days, I, I don't really have to explain that because we've seen all these movies now, where somebody dies and continues tries to interact with the material world but can interact with the material world and sort of half in the, I mean, these are the plots of the movies. Often they're sort of afraid to go up into the energy world or they go into the energy world and they come back, heaven, whatever they, however they characterize it. But, but the, the person is played the, by the same actor or actress and so the, their body, because it's a movie, looks like the same body, but it doesn't have material characteristics anymore. It walks through walls. It can't, it, when it tries to hug someone, it can't be felt. It can't be heard. So it's really different. So what we have is we have an energy form that is, it exists in both the energy universe, the astral universe, and the physical universe. But when it's in the physical universe, the energy um, uh attracts to it material form and makes a physical body. But it's the energy uh, pattern, which is through the spine, the center of the body, with these seven uh, centers of influence, which is called the chakras, representing different states of consciousness. (sighs) This is a four-part class series. I have a YouTube channel under the name Ashanaya Swami. There's a four-part class series there. I highly recommend it because it's I have 15 minutes and I'm not going to be able to do it here. But so let's just say I'm already buried in this far more than I want to be buried. But when the energy body is going to take physical form, in other words, when we're going to incarnate, we create a physical body around that energy form. And so the, the astral spine, as we call it, when, and if you practice meditation or yoga or anything, we're always talking about the spine. We may access it by the, through the physical body, but the energy of it is like running through the center. If you ran a plumb line from the top of your head to the base of your spine, like that, right down the center, and, and imagine that being a magnetic pole that gathers to itself 
all the physical forces that create your physical body, that's what we're working with. Okay, now we finally got that. So even though the, the, the energy of the physical body clusters around that center point of, of individual consciousness, that center point, the chakras and so on, are not physical, nor are they confined or defined or actually or, or defined by the body. Someone wrote to me that they'd had a hysterectomy and therefore they'd been told they no longer had a second chakra. And I wrote back and said, that would be one heck of a surgeon who could remove your chakra. <laughs> no, they didn't remove their chakra, your chakra. They removed some of the physical matter that that, that that chakra had magnetized around itself, but the chakra itself is untouched. So when we say, to the, when I, we point, like with my finger, which if you're watching this on film, you can see me do it, but if you're just listening, I'm pointing to the point between my eyebrows, and I say that the spiritual eye, it's not really... It's not really outside and it's not even really inside. But if I direct my physical concentration to that point, it helps bring me into alignment with the inner vibration, energy vibration that's there. It causes me to lift my eyebrows above my eyes above the horizon line, but not to cross them. But the very nature of the chakras is that when we are attuned to them, we are not in the physical world at all. So it's not merely that we're outside our body, it's that the concept, my body, when we mean my physical body, just it's not relevant. Now, it's very hard for us to imagine this because we live in the material world. But when you meditate, as you meditate deeply, you often exit the physical world. That's why St. Paul said, for example, I die daily. But of course, he didn't die daily because he was there the next morning. But he, he was able to exit so completely from the realm of matter, that it was as if he had died to the physical world. A friend of mine um, who died of cancer um, lived much longer than the hospice workers expected her to live. I mean, like by almost two weeks. And they were very experienced. And she came so close. She, she went so far out of body awareness a number of times that both the hospice workers and all of us who'd had any experience of this, which was a few of us who were there, we just really thought she was gone. But every time she would come back into her body. The hospice worker had a very interesting explanation. Um, I mean, you could say she had karma to finish. She also had a very strong physical body, so it didn't give up easily. But the hospice worker's explanation was clearly quite interesting. She was a deep meditator. And, and the hospice worker said, most people who don't meditate, when they get that far out of their body, just they have no, there's no part of them that thinks they can come back. But where a meditating person who, who regularly detaches that far from the physical body knows how to make that transit. And so they could go very far away and it would still be natural to them to come back in. Quite honestly, I have no idea if that was true. But I thought it was very interesting. That's what I would say. So when Swami says, relax upward to the point in the spiritual eye, but not by forcing you, but by um, thinking of it as the natural center of your being. So what we mean by the spiritual eye is not inside your body, but literally, if you were looking right out at the horizon line and then just raised your eyes slightly. 
that if you if you're looking outward at a, a fixed point, your gaze will naturally of your two eyes will intersect at a certain point. Sometimes when people think of the spiritual eye, they think they're supposed to roll their eyes back in this kind of cross-eyed look, which is so strained and so uncomfortable. Believe me, it doesn't work. What you're really doing is you're looking out into an expanded universe from that point. And now here's another esoteric piece of this, this being the, the, the sixth chakra. Master's, Master teaches us that the opposite pole of the sixth chakra is at the medulla. And the medulla is the seat of our, our egoic self-definition. The, the spiritual eye is the seat of our definition of ourselves as one with the spirit. And most everyone rests in the medulla. That's like, that's like where we live in this physical body, which is one of the reasons we're much more present in the upper part of our body for most people than we are in our feet. It's because the medulla is centered here. This is where the life force comes in. But one way to think about it is, in the context that Swami's talking about, we may be sitting in the medulla, resting in the medulla, but our gaze and our attention is forward through the spiritual eye and just above the horizon line. If there was the mountain or the ocean, let's say the ocean, a straight line of the ocean, and the sun is rising, and the sun is just above the horizon line, so we, we see the horizon line straight out, then we lift our eyes to where the sun has come up. You know, it's half an hour past sunrise. The sun is rising high and we're just staring at it. We're resting here in the medulla where our physical existence is, but we are relaxing upward. Just as, as you would if you were in a boat on the Ganges at dawn, which is something that I have actually been in my life, in a boat on the Ganges at dawn in the city of Varanasi. You've gotten up really early in order to be there when the sun comes up over the horizon. You're staring at the horizon line, and all of a sudden, this extraordinary big red ball of the sun peeks over the edge and then very quickly just sort of streaks up into the sky. And you're, you're completely concentrated, absolutely thrilled to be there if you happen to be me or someone, anyone like me. And then people start chanting the Gayatri mantra around you. And there's nowhere you're going to be except in that rising sun. There's no forcing it. It's just it, you're relaxing upward just as Swami said. And that's precisely what he's suggesting. Teach ourselves to do that. When we, when we need a break from this world just being too much with us, instead of dropping down and sort of sinking into, you know, beer and lethargy, just try to relax upward. Because what we're trying to relax from, you see, is the unbearable, the unbearable pressure of always being ourselves the unbearable limitation of always having to be me. So the way to release always having to be me is not to dull the sense of me or to reinforce it in self-indulgence. It's to liberate our self-definition from the opposite pole of the sixth chakra. The opposite pole is this is ego, this is my individuality identified with the separate boundary-laden nature of being an ego in this world, which is a delusion, because I am actually one with the Christ consciousness. If I just let go of this incredible grip I have on being me, I could actually just literally float, but not effortlessly float. It takes focus and concentration. When I was sitting 
in that boat on the Ganges, watching the sun, that incredible sun, streak upward over the oldest inhabited city in the world, there was nothing low energy about the experience. But nor was there any strain. Because that is really more natural than this constant self-preoccupation. What am I going to... What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to eat? Does so-and-so really love me? Will my children really come out? Okay, what about this ache in my knee? I wonder what this, you know, just on and on and on. It's so exhausting. And where our real freedom comes from is to know ourselves as we truly are. We are one with the infinite spirit. We are, we have to play this part. We have been assigned this role. We have to act it out. We have to live through all this karma. It's a fact. But when we relax, we relax out of the story. We relax upward into that divine light. Try to make it a habit. Try to make it a practice. Practice when it's easier. If you practice when it's easier, then when strain and stress begin to come to you and that ego wants to grip all the tighter, that's why we get terrible headaches in the back of our head. That's why also people develop the habit of tension Tension in the medulla pulls the head back and lifts the nose in the air. That's why egoic people look down their noses at people. And Swamiji said, that's an expression in multiple languages. I believe he said in Italian, the same expression is that people um, consider everyone else to be beneath their nose, (laughs) if I have the language wrong. But, But that would be the same thing. You know, just your nose is up in the air because the medulla has become so strong that it's tightened up and pulled your head back. Literally, relax it. Just let the tension go out of the medulla by drawing the attention above the horizon line into the the rising light, however you perceive that light. Definitely a practice worth cultivating with profound implications and uh, results in your life far more. It's a very simple practice, but the benefit of it is incalculable. Experiment and find out. Swamiji says, relax upward toward the spiritual eye in the forehead. Don't don't try to force your concentration to that point. Think of it rather as your natural center of being. Joy to you. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.